we had a successful weekend of Webster Sports, although um, not all too exciting. A lot of the games were blowouts, but we'll go ahead and recap them all here today. Make sure you give us a follow on Instagram at Locked Up Podcast. Got a lot of stuff going on over there, so um, it's been good. So keep keep uh, keep checking in on the Instagram account. But let's go ahead and start on these recaps. We did have a women's soccer game, but it was an expedition match, and uh, it doesn't go on their record. The stats don't really count. So, you know, they did end up winning it 3-1. to Um, I know, I believe Lauren Colombo had a a big game. Um, So, obviously, it's encouraging that they won, but I don't know that we can take a lot away from it. It was an exhibition game. Um, So... Not sure that there's a lot to talk about there. So let's go ahead and move on to the men's soccer game. They took it 4 nothing over Principia. And I'll tell you what, this team is starting to look like the real deal. You know, you look at in three of their five games this season, they've scored four goals. And this has obviously been a defensive unit in, you know, for a while now. I mean, that's kind of what Webster's known for. Even back when they were winning conference tournaments back in, you know, the early 2010s, it was built on their defense. And still, I think this team is built on their defense. You know, you look at what they did in this one, once again, only three shots Principia was able to get on goal. And it's just been really impressive what they've been able to do on both sides of the ball. And, I mean, it's been really an elite effort um, from this team thus far. We're actually going to have Matt Coffey on the podcast on Wednesday. So hopefully we can get more in depth on exactly what this team is doing. You know, I mentioned a couple of times, soccer is not my forte per se. You know, I, I know the basics obviously, but um, in order to get into the ins and outs of what's really making this team successful, specifically, I'm curious on the offensive side, why this team is overperforming so much. Uh, it'll be good to have Matt Coffey on the podcast on Wednesday. But looking at this team, you know, Amon Mervin had a couple goals. Once again, he had two off four shots. Three of them were on the goal. Justin Kohler put a goal up as well. Um, you know, those midfielders, man, they are the – they are really, I think, what has been the outstanding thing for this team. The midfielders really control the pace of the game. Um, Justin Kohler, Isaac Pearson, and Logan, Logan Takizawa, who – Takizawa, I believe, was one of my sleepers before the season, either sleeper or breakout. I think he was one of my sleepers. And he's played really, really well. He's a cog in this team that doesn't get talked about a lot, but I think he's been a good reason why this team's been so successful up and down the court. Mark Moore had another really good game, um, put up four shots. You know, he really has come on in both sports as a key contributor. He plays both sports really, really fast. Kind of in both sports, it's kind of the same thing where he's putting a lot of shots up, not necessarily hitting them yet, but I think it's good to see that the coaches have confidence in him to put those shots on goal. Um, and you imagine that those are going to fall eventually. Ben Aziz also had a goal, and Matt Coffey went with the shutout against Principia. Uh, again, you know, this is, I guess they're going two games at a time. Uh, I don't know what they're doing with the goalie situation. Coffee and Amick have both played really, really well. I don't really care who's in goal because I think both of them are really, really good. Obviously, Coffee was better last year and Amick was better in twenty um, in twenty eighteen. So I think whichever one of them is in goal, I don't think they're going to be the reason the team wins or loses. Again, I mean, Coffee only had to make one save in this entire game because they only Grave Principi only got down there three times. And only one of the shots was on goal. So goalies don't have to do a whole lot when the defense is this good. And just a nice win, you know. 
I said if they really took it to um, if they really took it to Greenville, I would become a believer. And I am. I'm completely bought on this team. I if I could redo my projection from from the beginning of the year, I definitely have them with a better record than what I projected them at. Um, because I honestly didn't expect the offense to be like this. I knew the defense would be suffocating, but you know, you look at this season so far, they've got three shutouts and then the other two games, they've allowed one goal. I think those could very easily both games and Spalding one actually was one nothing lost, but you look at pop game, that could have been one nothing, but this offense has really come along and that's the big surprise. I had no qualms about this defense early. I just didn't know where the offense was going to come from outside of Amon Mervin and Mervin's been amazing. Um, but if even if he doesn't keep up the pace, you feel pretty confident because guys all up and down the lineup are scoring. So you'd love to see him keep it up. They will play Iowa Wesleyan uh, tomorrow. So we will preview that game tomorrow. Um, but I, I feel good about this team right now. And I, I'm excited for the prospect of them potentially making a tournament run uh, going forward. So that's going to do it for that game. Let's go ahead and move on to the women's basketball team who played Illinois College in a their lone non-conference matchup of the year beat them 87-72 in just a really clean game. Illinois College, they're a solid team. Um, I don't think they're anything spectacular. They're, they're probably in the same kind of mold as Greenville, I would say. And obviously, you know what Webster did to Greenville last time they played. A nice 15-point victory. Um, you know, this game was close throughout, and then Webster was able to really pull away at the end. And Addie Beesing had her biggest game of the year, 25 points, 11 rebounds as well. Julie Bondistel came in with 24 points. So really nice scoring frenzy from those two players. And we've kind of seen them both get near the 20-point line. I think Bondistel's gotten 20 a couple times, but really getting into the mid-20s, the highest scoring game for both of them this year. Hannah Cottrell continues to play unbelievable basketball. Eight assists in this one, putting up 12 points. You almost feel like she's become kind of the, well, really, you know, Cottrell and Lauren Freeman have kind of both played the J.C. Morgan role. They've kind of split that role among two players, and they're both playing really, really well. But Cottrell especially, she's kind of picking up the slack in the scoring department where, you know, Freeman is not an elite scorer. I do think Freeman's elite with passes, and she's elite on on ball defense. But Cottrell... I didn't know I didn't know how much of a score she was going to be this year, and she's really come along. Another double-digit scoring game from her, and you know the passing is going to be there, and her defense is is top of the you know one of the best on the team. So you look at how well she's playing, especially with scoring, and now you look at it, you know, only two games this year she hasn't put up double-digit points. It's been a really impressive effort from her. I think she's one of the most underrated players in Webster sports in general. Um, and, you know, you love what you're seeing from her right now. She's playing absolutely fantastic. But a nice win uh, elsewhere on the bench, a really nice game from Emily Ederer. And Ederer is a player who a little bit less hyped. I'm sorry, uh, Ederer, she had a big game last game. This game, I was really impressed with um, with Beth Lancaster and her defensive play. But really, it was the starters. Yeah, Ederer had a huge game on uh, in their last game that they played. We talked about that in the last podcast. Put up 12 points, also had uh, 11 rebounds. So, yeah, that was in her last game. Played fantastically. She didn't really play a whole lot in this one, and mostly the starters. I mean, the starters were really workhorses in this one. Um, Kiara Rines, I thought, played solid off the bench, but 
all the starters played 26 or more minutes and four of them played 30 or more minutes. So it was a starting game. Lancaster and Edward didn't really have a chance to get much time on the court. Jordan Grimes, same way. So a nice win. I think, you know, obviously I am gung-ho on this team. I think they are the best, um, they're the best Webster team besides the baseball team, in my opinion. Um, I think that if there was a, a national tournament, this team would be, I think they'd be in the upset department where they could beat their first round opponent this year, where, you know, they got beat by like 25 points, 30 points last year in the national tournament. I think they'd be contenders this year to win that first game. And if you win the first one, obviously if the, you know, Webster's like a 15 or 14 seed and you beat the two or three seed, then you're going to be playing, you know, the seven seed in the second round. So you can, you can make that upset and then you can make a little bit of a run. My boldest prediction prior to the year was that the women's basketball team makes a sweet 16. And I think if there was a tournament, there's a real possibility that, that could have happened um, because that's how good this team is. And uh, yeah, that's nothing really more to say on that. They have been fantastic. Another nice win here. One of the best games they've played all year. They'll move on and play against Spalding next week. So we'll see how that one goes. Let's move right along to the softball doubleheader and softball team split the doubleheader against Rose Holman. Um, Kirby Mendenhall, what a game that she had on the mound. You know, you talk about the starting rotation that this team has had, and Mendenhall seems to be the ace of the team. Um, she's, you know, she's starting most of the first games of, of weekends and put up five shutout innings in this one. They didn't let her go any further than that. Uh, who knows? I guess they just wanted to turn over the bullpen. Um, you know, by the time that she had come out of the game, they were up six, nothing. So maybe they just felt like might as well save some pitches. Alexander Cafolia, uh, came in and got the last six outs of the game. No problem. But Mendenhall, a little bit trouble with control in this one, which is not typical of her. You know, she's usually a strike thrower, like most of the pitchers on this team. Um, you look at in her last outing, I mean, she, she hasn't had, this kind of control. I mean, you look at her first out of the year, seven innings, one walk. In her last inning, three inning, three innings and no walks. And then this one, five innings and just and three walks. So not a or not a typical minimal start. Had a little bit of control issues, but kept the runs off the board, only allowed one hit. Defense was solid as always. And the offense put up eleven hits, which was nice, including two from Shayla Aniguez, who, you know, I've kind of thrown under the bus a little bit on this podcast. She was hitting zero before this game, puts up a couple hits. Good to see from her, including a double. So good for Aninguez. You know, obviously I want all Webster players and teams to succeed. So if she's going to turn on the bat, I think her defense is immaculate. So obviously you'd love to see what she's doing. Sydney Holtz put up another two hit performance. She's been a real breakout star this year. Holtz, uh, you know, looking at just a freshman this year. And she's a really good player. Felt flew on the radar part of the year. And I think she is definitely a breakout for this year, the way she's playing right now. She's kind of taking the second base job from Taylor Jackson, who we'll get into in a second. But she's playing fantastic. Mendenhall, on top of a good game on the mound, also had two hits at the plate, including a double and an RBI. Um, so Mendenhall really is the star of the show for this one. In their second game, Morgan Parrish had her worst outing of the year. Still wasn't bad. Two and two-thirds, only one earned run, although she did allow two runs, and had big walk problems. I don't know what it is with the walks today for the softball team. Three walks and not even three innings. Did have four strikeouts, so her stuff was good, but could not find the zone. 
Her worst start of the year, again, only one earned run. So that tells you how well Morgan Parrish has been pitching. Some defensive issues in this one and a, an error coming from uh, Taylor Jackson, who got the start in this game at second base, went 0 for 2 with a strikeout and made an error. So my call for Jackson to be in the lineup uh, let me down a little bit on that one. I still think Jackson's a fantastic player, but now it's kind of concerning where can she get in the lineup. Um, and Ninguez had another hit in the second game of the doubleheader as well. Sydney Holtz obviously has been playing fantastic. I don't know why Jackson started over Holtz in this game to begin with, because we just talked about how Holt, how well Holtz has been playing. I guess they were just mixing it up. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'd still love to see Jackson get more playing time. But if you can't get her into the lineup, you know, you can't get her in the lineup. Uh, Ninguez, I think, is clearly the better defender than Taylor Jackson. I don't know if Jackson can play short anyway. I don't know if Sidney Holtz can play short. I'm not sure. Um, but Ninguez seems to have caught fire with her bat. So you look at the rest of the lineup, and where does Jackson get in? Um, so it may be tough to get her in the game. You know, I, I still have hope for her. I, I think she's a really, really good player, really, really good hitter. Um, and... You know, you hope you can get her in this one. Team only scored one run, so offensive problems flare up again. Uh, you know, nobody had multiple hits in the game from the Webster side. You know, just uh, I think the softball team is definitely better than expected, especially with the pitching staff. I think Morgan Parrish and Kirby Mendenhall present a really nice one-two. Reese Wagner pitched in this game. I thought she pitched better than her numbers may suggest. She had three and a third with two earned runs, also walked two and struck out three. But I don't – I mean, she didn't allow a hit. So, really, the problems were the walks. She also hit a batter. So, her stuff is filthy. Reese Wagner is a really, really good pitcher. Um, so, the pitching staff, I think, is solid. Ariana Arias has only gotten one outing. She wasn't very good in that one outing, but you expect her, I would say, to bounce back because – she was the best pitcher on this team last year. So I think that she, the potential still there for her to be really, really good. Um, so if they do have four games in a weekend, I think you can turn to Arias and expect a quality start from her. The lineup has been questionable. And the problem is a lot of your best hitters have been the ones slumping. So it's tough to take them out of the order. Um, you know, I think the, the best player, the best hitter on the bench is Taylor Jackson. I've said it multiple times. So she's the one I'd be looking to get into the game. But you look at, you know, Shelby Patterson, who's really struggling. She's this team's two hitter. And I know she's a player that they really, really like. And she's a really, really good player. But Patterson really struggling early on, 077. And Ningwes, she had a good weekend, but down at 188. And Abby Burroughs, who obviously is one of the best hitters on the team in general, off to a really, really slow start, which is concerning to say the least. Um, Avery Bokella as well. I mean, those two players, Burroughs and Bokella, are two of the best players on the team, best hitters, best players. I mean, all of it. They're two of the best players on the team. They are struggling early on, and it's just tough to take those kind of players out. You know, Burroughs, the track record is there. You know she's fantastic. I don't think you want to take her out. Bokella actually has had a couple games, um, but I don't think you want to take her out either. She's one of the best players on the team. So we'll see what they end up doing. Taylor Jackson uh, is 0 for 5 on the year, so not making a very good case to get in the lineup. Again, I still think she's really good, um, but we'll see what they end up going in the future. I think it's good for them to split the doubleheader. I think they played a, a solid team, and uh, I think this team is ahead 
of where you kind of expected them to be. Let's go ahead and move on to the volleyball game. The volleyball team played against Iowa Wesleyan and took it pretty handily. They did lose the first set in a in a long one. It was 29-27. Obviously, volleyball games usually only go to 25, but you got to win by two. So Wesleyan and Webster battled it out, and uh, Wesleyan able to take the first set. But after that, Webster settled in and played really, really well, um, took the next three sets relatively handily. And a huge game from Lauren Bork, put up 17 kills. Also, you look at Bork actually also had three aces. Kylie Burke had another huge game at the net with four blocks. Alexis Wolf had four blocks along with eight kills. Alexis Wolf, it's weird to say that she has been kind of slept on a bit because she was so hyped before the season. I think, you know, when, when a freshman is coming in and she's as good as Wolf is, you kind of get this notion of, wow, she's just going to come in and be a superstar. And she hasn't been a superstar, but she's been really good. I mean, you look at, she's got double digit kills in four games this year. Even when she hasn't gotten double digits, she's gotten eight or more. in what is that? That's eight games, eight of the, 12 games this year, she's had double-digit kills or uh, eight or more kills, which is really, really impressive. She's a force at the net. Uh, I think she pairs really, really well with Kylie Burke in the middle, and they shut down some outside hitters that way. And another good game in this one from Wolf. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call her underrated just because of how hyped she is, but I do think that Wolf is playing – she got more hype prior to the year, and I think she's playing about as well as you can expect from her. Again, she's not having a Bork-type year that Bork had last year, but she's a different type of player. And Bork was very one-dimensional last year. Let's not forget, yeah, she was a superstar, and attacking is the most flashiest part of volleyball. But Bork was really one-dimensional last year, and Alexis Wolf has done more things this year, I think, on the court than Bork did last year. Um, Bork has transformed into a real superstar all around, and I think Wolf can make a similar transformation, and she's closer than I think Bork was last year. The upside is not as high hitting-wise, um, but I do think that she can make a really good case to be um, a really good case to be, you know, the next superstar on this team. So a good win from them. They'll play Westminster in the biggest game of the year in their next game. So we'll see what they have in store. Let's go ahead and move on to the baseball team. They won a doubleheader against Blackburn, as expected. Um, what was not as expected is the second game was really close a th just a three, nothing win. And you thought maybe you could throw away the offensive struggles because they scored 16 runs in the first game, but maybe that's not the case because, you know, the second game, they did not face a very good pitcher and they did not get any, anything done with the bats, just three runs on five hits. And all five hits came from two players, Adam level and Kyler Kent got all five hits. So. You know, it's just when when do you start to get concerned about this offense? Because, you know, Zach Goodman has, has said it multiple times as a team that historically starts slow a lot. But we're nine games into the year at this point, and there's only going to be 40 games. So we're about a fourth into the year, and you're still starting slow. I mean, you're still haven't been able to get things going. And I know you're saying that after a 16-run game, but, I mean, the pitcher had five walks or six walks, the starting pitcher. They ended up walking eight in the game, um, and they hit five. So a lot of free bases. Yeah, Webster still had 15 hits. I mean, Webster definitely hit well in the first game, no doubt about it. 
Um, you look at RJ LaRock with three hits, AJ Smith and Levi Hall each had two hits. Levi Hall had a home run, which was awesome to see. But nobody really stood out. You know, it was, you know, it, it was just a game where they put up a lot of hits against a, a bad pitcher. You know, I don't know if you can call that breaking out of a slump, especially when the next game, when they're facing a similarly bad pitcher, they only put up three runs and all three of them were sack flies. So it wasn't like they were crushing the ball all around. Um, Adam Lovell was really the only person to hit in the second game and Kyler Kent, but Lovell had the extra base hit. He also stole four bases. So, I mean, what else more can you expect when he's just scoring all the runs? Um, I still have concerns about this team. Levi Hall had a little bit of those control problems that we fear in the beginning of the year kind of creep up. Three walks and five and a third isn't horrible, but definitely not where you'd want it to be. Did put up eight Ks, which is awesome. Jake Anderson struck out five and three innings. He's been great from the bullpen as well. So I think there's a lot more upside with this team than downside for sure. But you'd love to see the offense come on a little bit going forward. So that's all the weekend action. A very successful weekend. What is that? Just one loss for uh, Webster teams this weekend. I don't know how many games there was exactly. But just one loss. So really impressive weekend all around. This week, there's a lot of big games. Uh, specifically, that volleyball game against Westminster is a big game. Uh, I think basketball against Spalding could be a big game. That Spalding team's pretty good. So I know Webster beat them last time, but I think that game will be a good game. And then the men's basketball team is going to have a big game this week. So I think a lot of good action um, on the week. And I think it's going to be a good week to watch. But that's going to do it for this episode. We do have a lot planned for this week of the podcast. Tomorrow I'll preview all the weekday games. On Wednesday, Matt Coffey should be joining the show to talk men's soccer. And then hopefully – I want to get a volleyball player on the Thursday show because they will play their last regular season game on Wednesday. And then the tournament will start on Saturday. So I want to get a volleyball player on the show to preview that tournament. That's going to do it for this episode though. This has been Robbie Floyd. Thank you for watching. Check out on Instagram at locked up podcast once again, and I will talk to you all. Tomorrow.